0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. Today is February 4th, 2018. If you're listening on Locked On Magic, it'll be February 5th, 2018. We don't know who won the Super Bowl yet because I'm recording this on a Sunday afternoon. I want to welcome you all to today's episode. Let me start my timer here. I want to welcome you all to today's episode, the last Facebook Live before Thursday's NBA trade deadline, so we'll obviously have a lot of focus on that. My name is Philip Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, as well as the host of Locked on Magic, your daily podcast covering the Orlando Magic. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_OMB underscore if you don't get enough of me every Sunday afternoon for this hour of Orlando Magic Basketball Talk. As I said before, I started recording, but I'll say it again here. On today's show, we're gonna quickly recap the Orlando Magic's loss to the Sacramento King or to the Washington Wizards. Can't get around it, gotta talk about it just very, very briefly. And then the rest of the show is gonna be about the trade deadline. I'm gonna give you my take on these Aaron Gordon rumors that have been floating around over the last couple of days and have stirred the pot a little bit with Magic fans. I'm gonna review your fake trades, your fake Orlando Magic trades. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about my upcoming Orlando Magic trade value column. It's a column I do every year based off the Bill Simmons idea. I'm going to talk a little bit about that and what I anticipate seeing at the trade deadline on Thursday. Obviously, Thursday is the trade deadline. We'll have lots of talk about that on Locked On Magic throughout the week. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. But let's start today with... A look back at Saturday's loss to the Washington Wizards. So we've got to talk about it very, very briefly. You know, just just because it's news and it happened. And I want to give you all time to, to put your comments in and and, ta- and and ask your questions about the trade deadline over in the comment section right there. Uh, if you're if you're watching on Facebook Live, if you're not watching on Facebook Live, you can't comment live because there's no comments to make to make. But uh, the Magic. Headed into Saturday's game, feeling pretty good about themselves. They had a really nice effort against the Los Angeles Lakers. One of their better offensive games in a long time. And as has been noted, and as I've pointed out on several occasions, the Magic have played some really strong basketball over the last two weeks. Um, The wins haven't quite been there, but offensively the team has been as, as good as it's been in a very, very long time. And so there was a little, little tiny bit of confidence about how the magic were playing and about how the magic were doing entering this game. I think a lot of people felt that Orlando was not ready to take a step forward, but was kind of was kind of in a nice groove and playing really, really well. Put all that to rest. Saturday was a complete letdown. as has happened after every single win for the magic um, over the last three weeks, I mean, I think magic are three and five in their last eight were three and five in their last eight games. As has happened after every single one of those wins, there was a huge letdown. Whether it's just a lack of focus, whether it's just a uh, just a, a, an inability to play at a high level consistently, the Magic came out flat. Um, they were kind of they, the doors were kind of blown off them pretty early. They were down 11 to 4. Even though they came back and took a one point lead late in the second quarter, a 13-0 run that spanned the end of the second quarter to the beginning of the third quarter did the Magic in. Washington just completely dominated this the third quarter of that game it was 31-22 but it felt like a lot more. Orlando trailed by as much as 24 points uh, Frank Bogle even pulled his starters at the beginning of the third quarter because of the lack of energy because of the lack of effort uh, and 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 um, really the ability to play and and Orlando just could not get itself over the hump Orlando uh, was unable to to pull out the victory, a 115 to 9, and really couldn't even really compete. A 115 to 98 loss to the Washington Wizards. Um, they're now 0 3 against the Wizards, uh, and back kind of in the losing, lose, back with that losing, uh, losing feeling, which is which is obviously not very very good. I'm, I did some math. Um, I, I've, I've taken to doing this kind of math just to show people who are like, all oh, the Magic are gonna gonna win too many games and, and make the playoffs are not gonna happen. I think we all know that at Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia is currently in the eighth spot at 25 and 25. If 41 wins gets you into the playoffs, the Magic would have to go. I think it's 26 and five the rest of the way to make the playoffs. That's not going to happen. So you know, the season's season has become lost. We all know this. Um, you know, even if the Magic get back Jonathan Isaac and Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross, and both Isaac and Vucevic seem to be get much closer to coming back than 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 they have been before. Obviously, um, but both are back in full contact practice. Uh, and seem to be targeting around the All-Star break as, as, a, as an opportunity, as an opportunity to come back. Uh, but Orlando just needs a little bit more. They need those reinforcements if they want to start winning games again. If they want to start winning games consistently, and really, they need those. those they need those players. I think John Hammond really said it best that um, that the margin for error for this team was very, very small to begin with. Uh, they, they, they didn't have a lot of wiggle room. To to become a better team, to or to, to, to take that next step. Um, and being down so many critical key players has undoubtedly hurt this team. There's, there's no getting around it. It has hurt this team. So getting some of those players back is going to help, is going to make the team better. But obviously, there's there's a lot, there's something a little bit deeper here. Orlando's been unable to consistently put together back-to-back good games over and over and over again. It's been that kind of a struggle, and, and the game Saturday was a perfect example of that. Orlando was unable to carry over the momentum from Wednesday's win and deliver a strong performance to, to pick up a victory. That's that's just the bottom line. Uh, Orlando did not do the things they needed to do to win the game, and that's why they lost again. Um, this consistency has been a problem all year. Let's run through some final stats for you real fast before we, start, before we dive into trade deadline talk. Jonathan Simmons leads the way with 15 points, 5 for 9 shooting. Um, I've been really happy with the way Simmons has played lately. Um, I think that he's found his offensive group. I wrote that article last week about how Simmons is kind of looking for his second wind, is how I described it. Um, And ever since then, he's played with a lot more energy, and I think he's been trying to get to the basket a lot more. So it's good to see Simmons playing at a high level. I'd like to see his defense come back up a little bit more. Uh, but Simmons is starting to find his groove again offensively, and I think that's a good start for him. Mario Azonia comes off the bench and scores 15 points, four for ten shooting, three for four from beyond the arc, four rebounds, four uh, sorry, four rebounds, five turnovers—the only negative for him. But Izonia um, is playing with a lot of confidence right now. I know a lot of fans are really disappointed that he is not going to. Uh, probably, he's probably not going to be back with the team. If, if you ask me. I think that he is the player most likely to be traded, um, just from the fact that um, just from the fact that uh, the 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 Magic are just tr- the Magic don't think they're going to resign him. I, I I don't see a way that Hazonia comes back to the Magic. Um, this that's just it's it's nothing personal. Almost it's 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 Hazonia wanting to take another step in his career or go find someplace that that works for him. So good game for Hazonia could have been a little bit better with the shot selection when he gets confident he gets he sometimes when he gets confident he gets overconfident and I think that's what led to a lot of the turnovers but that confidence is a good thing because he's taking shots he's making shots and and we're seeing exactly how talented he is and exactly what he can do at the NBA level and I think he's he can be a decent rotation player I don't know if he'll ever be a, a star player like the magic and vision when they drafted him 5th overall but I think that he will be a solid player for this team moving forward Alfred Payton with 14 points, 7-15 shooting, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 turnovers, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Just a, I hate to say it, it's another kind of ho-hum Alfred Payton game. Did some good things, did some did some okay things. Didn't really push his team to another level. I think it's really telling that all the starters struggled. Alfred Payton's a four-year starter. I've been banging this drum forever. I want to see Alfred Payton do a little bit more, and, and I think we'll have an article up on Orlando Magic Daily later today on Sunday. Uh, discussing Alfred Payton a little bit more and and, and some of the struggles that he's had on the team. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. Evan Fournier, 11 points, 3 for 12, shooting 1 for 6 from beyond the arc. Evan just had a bad shooting night. Um, I thought a shot selection wasn't the greatest in the world. Um, I've said this many times. with The injuries the Magic are facing right now, Orlando cannot afford Evan Fournier to have an off night. And he's had a lot of off nights lately, and and it's been frustrating. And I think all of us know that Evan Fournier should not be the number one option on the team. If if he is your number one option, if he is your first primary scorer, you're probably not going to win many games. Uh, You can get hot like he did Wednesday night, or you can go really cold like he did Saturday night. And I think we saw exactly the flaw of having him play that role um, in, in full color on Saturday night. Magic need some guys back. They need some of these players back if they want to compete and, and and get Evan Fournier kind of in the role that will make him most successful. This, this is nothing new. We've, we've known this for a while. I do want to point out that the Magic's bench, I'll probably talk about this a little bit more later on in the week, the Magic's bench scored, I think it was 41 points, 15, 19, 29, 33, no, sorry, 44 points on the night. Uh, no player off the bench had a plus minus worse than minus three, which in a 17-point game is, I think, pretty good. Um, Magic's bench has played really, really well. Shelvin Mack stepped up, 11 points, 5 for 9 shooting. DJ Augustin had 10 points on 2 for 5 shooting. Got to the line for 5 of 6 from the foul line. Um, did a really good job getting the Magic back into the game. I thought um, gave them a one point lead early on, and uh, obviously put the Magic in a position where they could have won the game if uh, if they could have kept up some momentum. But they were unable to do so. Once again, the Orlando Magic fall to the Washington Wizards, 115 to 98 at the Amway Center on Saturday. They're back in action Monday night in Miami. Last game against the Miami Heat. Then they'll play the Cleveland Cavaliers on Tuesday. We'll have a complete recap of that game on tomorrow's episode, or on Tuesday's episode of Locked On Magic. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On Magic at Locked On Magic or on iTunes at Locked On Magic. So be sure to check that out if you have not done so already. All right, let's move on to the main event. Today is all about the trade deadline, all about. What's to come Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, trade deadline. It's it's big, obviously. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to leave your comments in the comment section over on the Facebook Live. If you're watching live, you can of course always hit me up on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. But the trade deadline is obviously a big day on the NBA calendar. It is the last time, or at least for this season, for for this for the 2018 season that teams can really make major roster changes or make changes to the roster to get ready for whatever they're planning in the offseason or whatever whatever they're planning in the postseason. Teams are searching for talent to help them get maybe that next leg up to the playoffs. Teams are looking to shed salary to set themselves up for the off season, get themselves ready for the draft, get themselves ready for uh, free agency. This is the last opportunity. And for this Orlando Magic team, for this Orlando Magic front office it's really the first time that we're going to get to see John Hammond and Jeff Weltman try and put their fingerprints all over this team. It is obviously a huge day for the Orlando Magic. It is obviously a huge, um, a huge opportunity for Orlando to take that next step, to, uh, to, to try and find some piece, some, something that will help them get wherever they're trying to go. In in a lot of ways, I would say it's the, the, this next uh, this upcoming uh, this upcoming segment for the magic. There we go. Sorry about that. I'm just pulling up your comments. Um, I, I I I this upcoming segment for the magic, um, to begin forming the team that uh that what's it called that that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond want to build. Um, so, I've, I've been saying this, uh, we've been saying this all year. Jeff Weltman uh, said that he was going to use this year to evaluate things. I kind of, I mean, not to be too cynical, but I take that as saying there was not a lot that I could do front office wise. We're kind of hamstrung with salary. Um, you know, there, there weren't any good deals out there. So, let's run this back. Let's see if continuity makes the team a little bit better, increases some trade value, at least flips contracts over another year. And then we'll try and make move, make moves. This is the opportunity to make trades. John Hammond did the radio rounds last week. He kind of said, "Right now, I mean, he told Josh Robbins of you Orlando know, Sentinel and used this phrase as well when talking to Scott Inez of, ES, of uh, ESPN Orlando, five eighty a.m." Uh, he said that. Um, uh, he said that uh, this is kind of the calm before the storm. Things don't really begin to pick up until 24 or 48, 48 hours before the trade deadline. You have discussions. You kind of understand frameworks of deals. And, and, and I'll, when, I get, when I get to the portion of the show where I talk about fake trade ideas, we'll talk about deals that I see a framework for. There are a few that keep popping up that I'm like, you know, there's something there. I'm not sure what it is, but there's, I'm not sure what the final deal is, but there's something there. This isn't like last year where the Magic were clearly going to trade Serge Ibaka. And it was very clear who the suitors were, and you know I remember telling other I I remember discussing it with some other reporters, and we all pretty much surmised the deal was going to be Serge Ibaka for Terrence Ross and probably a first-round pick. Um, We were all pretty sure that that was what the deal was going to be. There's nothing like that here. As I've said uh, on numerous times, I don't feel like the magic feel like they have to make a deal at this trade deadline. This is the first opportunity to make some major changes to the roster, but it's not the last opportunity. I would also suspect that the Magic will do, uh, as I think Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders reported this, and and I I, I tend to agree with this, the Magic may do most of their heavy lifting in the offseason. They may may try to do a lot more of their work in the offseason this year rather than doing it now where, you know, there's a deadline pressure. There, there may not be a deal that works well for them. Again, I think what's most important with the Magic when they enter this trade deadline is they find a deal that works well for them. It's about what they want, what they need, not about what the other team wants. If, the other, if, if they have to keep Bevan Forney, if they have to keep Nikola Vucevic for another year, if they have him under contract for another year, there's no rush. Really, the only players that are under a rush to trade are Alfred Payton and Mario Zonia who will both be free agents this summer. And honestly, I don't see much. Their, their contracts are so small, it, it might be difficult to trade them for what what you want. Most reports, most rumors have the Magic targeting kind of young players on their rookie contracts, like more developed young players on their rookie contracts. And like I said, there are some uh, there are some frameworks for deals that I do think make a lot of sense for, for both teams, actually. Um, but on top of all that, I think there's also a. Um, uh, the Magic aren't looking to take on any long-term salary. If they can send out some long-term salary, they, they definitely like that. They are some cap, some cap, uh, some financial flexibility. Um, obviously, they have Aaron Gordon to deal with this summer. We'll talk about him in a moment. Um, but there's there's a lot going on. Uh, if the Magic stay quiet at the trade deadline, don't be surprised. If the Magic are very active at the trade deadline, don't be surprised. I think most of us are still trying to get a handle on what this front office wants and how this front office is going to operate. And, that, and honestly, that's what I'm most interested to learn about at this trade deadline, is what are the Magic going to do? How are the Magic going to conduct themselves? And what are the Magic looking for? What kind of players do the Magic want? We think we have a little bit of an idea because Jonathan Isaac is a super versatile player and that's who they drafted and drafted and, and that's, that's a big piece of the Magic's puzzle and the Magic's future. And we're kind of gleaning that that's the direction the Magic want to go moving forward. But we don't really know, and so I think what I think what's most interesting is to figure out what direction the Magic are going to head. There's no sense bearing the lead anymore. It's been 22 minutes or so, uh, 20 minutes now since since I started since I started recording. The biggest rumor out there, the, the the Magic have been relatively quiet on the rumor mill. You haven't heard a lot of stuff leaking out from the Magic's camp, or a lot of stuff coming out about specific deals. There was that Evan Fournier deal with the Pistons that that came out. It was what Evan Fournier for. Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard. Not a, I'm not a huge fan of that deal personally, but that, that deal kind of came out. And, and, and one of the frameworks, I, I do see a framework with Detroit that makes some sense for the Magic or, or makes some sense for both teams. Uh, and so there is something there. I don't think that that is completely crazy to think that the Magic and the Pistons wouldn't deal with each other or, or make a deal. They, they do have pieces that I think both teams would want. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. But the biggest, juiciest rumor that, that's come out about the Magic came from Michael Scotto, now of The Athletic, uh, who reported that the Orlando Magic have been quietly gauging interest over Aaron Gordon. For most of this season, and especially the way Gordon's played, we've all assumed that Aaron Gordon is going to hit restricted free agency and the Magic are going to be willing to match any offer for him. They're going to be willing to do whatever it takes, essentially, to keep Aaron Gordon in a Magic uniform. He has played his way onto this roster and into this future. And especially considering how the Magic gave up on Tobias Harris too early, how the Magic gave up on Victor Oladipo too early. There is certainly among the fan base, and I see it in some of the comments, and Wilson Reyes-Navarez asks, do you think that the Roland Magic need to trade AG? Um, West Farrow comments, if we trade Aaron, I will cry. I assume that's Aaron Gordon, not Aaron Aflalo, although you spelled it like Aaron Aflalo. Um... It's, it's definitely a, 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 a sticky subject for the Magic to sort of give up on a young player who seems to have star potential. And, and as I've said on several occasions, the most important thing the Magic do the rest of this season is develop Aaron Gordon. So it surprised people to hear that he was made available in trades. To that, I would say, slow, slow things down a little bit. Just because the magic were entertaining discussions with Aaron Gordon doesn't mean they're about to trade him. Remember, these are rumors. They're not. They're. I, this is this is how I've always felt about rumors. Um, and I know Michael, and and I think he's he's a good reporter. Rumors do come from someplace. They're not out of nowhere. So, if there's a reporter that you trust, and and you see him report a rumor or some type of some type of 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 juicy little tidbit, sourced or non-sourced, I, I'm a reporter. You know, I, I, I tend to trust the media. <laughs> I don't. I usually take the reporter at his word that he got it from somewhere. That someone told. Even if the rumor com- turns out to be completely untrue. That someone told him something that he believed enough to run in print. Certainly there's, you know, discussions about sourcing nowadays. You know, Twitter, everyone wants to be first. You gotta beat Woj, and Woj is a machine. So, you know, maybe people rush to put things on Twitter now that they maybe didn't five years ago. Like what's that 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 that's some journalism, you know industry changes that have definitely happened I, I, would, I, would, I would agree um, you know like I, I'm not someone who trades in rumors but I, I was told an interesting rumor last year I teased it I only reported what I was comfortable reporting because I could never confirm the details um, and 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 I did not want to put myself out there without confirming some of the details and I never could confirm the details and it became moot anyway it didn't happen and so I was very happy that, that I only teased it the way that I teased it. Um, and didn't say anything specific about the players that might have been involved because I couldn't confirm it. And I, and that's how I approach things. If I ever come across information like that, um, I rarely do. I, I don't come across information like that. I mean, I'm, unfortunately, I'm just not someone people tell things to. Um, but when I when I saw this rumor from from Michael Scotto, I, I I do believe that the Magic gauged interest because let's be real, the Magic have the second worst record in the league they'd be silly not to explore every avenue to make their team better. They would be silly not to float out there to a team that maybe has a a player that they like to say, you know, would Aaron Gordon be enough to get this guy? A lot of people, you know, ever since this rumor's come out, I've seen, you know, and and I respect bloggers from other sites, and this is good content, and absolutely you should do it, I've seen... Writers for other teams say, what could the Magic, what could we do to get Aaron Gordon? You know, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, Cleveland will give up the Brooklyn pick for Aaron Gordon. I've seen Phoenix Suns writers say, oh, let's give up Marcus Chris and a protected first-round pick for Aaron Gordon. I can tell you fairly unequivocally that that is not enough for Aaron Gordon. If the Magic did indeed gauge interest in Aaron Gordon, it was to better understand his market for his upcoming free agency, understand the competition that they might have to to, to keep him, because I'm sure they'd like to re-sign him before he hits restricted free agency. And it was most likely um, done just to see what's out there, just to kind of get you know rattle the rattle the cages a little bit and see rattle the tree a little bit and see what teams might be willing to give up. Let's, let's take the Phoenix example, for example. Not that Orlando would go after Marcus Chris, but let's say Aaron Gordon, the Magic, you know, call Phoenix and say, you know, or you know, Phoenix called Orlando and say, say, you know, what would it take to get Aaron Gordon? The Magic might then say, you know, we really like Aaron. To, to trade him, we would need a guy like Devin Booker. Phoenix then might say that's crazy. What about Marcus Chris? Orlando then might say Marcus Chris isn't isn't going to be enough to get Aaron Gordon. But if you're looking to trade Marcus Chris, maybe we'd be willing to take on Tyson Chandler's contract with Marcus Chris if you're willing to take on Evan Fournier or whoever. It can be a jumping off point. You can see how this conversation moves and morphs starting with the big fish. There was a rumor a while ago, uh, Steve Kyler kind of reiterated it after the Blake Griffin trade, and Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel shot it down and said that didn't happen. But there was a rumor out there for a while that, that the Magic inquired about Blake Griffin. Again, the Magic may not have had enough to get Blake Griffin. Judging by what Detroit gave up, maybe they would have. But... It's at least a conversation starter. LA may say, you know, that's not enough for Blake Griffin. You know, we would need Aaron Gordon. We would need your first round pick. And Orlando would say, no, that's not happening. So what about this guy? What about this player that we like? What would it take to get him? Or the Clippers might say, you know, we want to to trade DeAndre Jordan instead. How about that? These are how conversations go. I mean, you know, I, I think that this is this is a general direction that the conversations go, and you can see how the branches begin to, to 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 weave and web out. I would say that Aaron Gordon is not going anywhere. The odds of Aaron Gordon Gordon getting traded are pretty slim. If Orlando were to move Aaron Gordon, they would need a proven All Star in return. That's that's the asking price for Aaron Gordon right now. A proven all-star or a player that's very clearly going to become an all-star. If the Magic can't get that, they're going to invest in Aaron Gordon and continue to develop him. And that's exactly the path they should take. Remember, just because there's a rumor, just because the Magic explores some of these opportunities does not mean they're going to go through with it. And a lot of people... On my, on my Twitter account and a lot of angry Magic fans that were like, if the Magic trade Aaron Gordon, I'm done with this team. They can't give up on another young player. If they trade him for DeAndre Jordan, I'm done. And, and you know, some people, you know, were saying, oh, you probably spin a Gordon for DeAndre Jordan trade well. And I'm like, no, the Magic trade Aaron Gordon for DeAndre Jordan, that is a terrible deal. But, remember, judge these guys by their actions, not by the rumors. Rumors are rumors. Most of the time when rumors get to the media, it's because they're dead. And there's another reason they're being leaked. Why is the Aaron Gordon rumor being leaked now? Why? That's a good, that's the question you need to ask. Because in all likelihood, the Magic are not trading Aaron Gordon. In all likelihood, the team isn't going in that direction. So why is this being leaked now? is someone trying to rattle the boat a little bit get Aaron Gordon back on the market is someone trying is is something else going on behind the scenes that we don't know about that that's the part i can't answer i would say that the magic are smart at this point at this the way the season's gone to examine everything available to them and that includes Gauging interest on Aaron Gordon, and I thought that that wording was very important. And I've seen that wording get lost in some of the aggregate, aggregated stories. The Magic merely gauged interest; they were just trying to understand the market better, and that it could help them with the, with the trade for someone else. But I would doubt very highly that Aaron Gordon will get moved at this trade deadline. As uh, I'm getting, I'm right, I'm working on my trade value column right now. I have Aaron Gordon as the most important player on the team, the the biggest trade asset on the team. Outside of the Magic's upcoming first-round pick, Aaron Gordon is probably the most important thing on the Magic roster. Him and Jonathan Isaac are one and two on my list of, of, uh, on my trade value column. Evan Fournier is third. I think I have Nikola Vucevic fourth. I think I have Jonathan Simmons fifth, followed by Terrence Ross. The Magic have some movable contracts. It's it's a little more difficult with Ross and Vucevic because they've been hurt. Evan Fournier, I think, becomes a lot more tradable over the summer than he does now. And that's why I kind of think the Magic are going to be quiet at this trade deadline. I I don't anticipate the Magic making a ton of moves. So, I think that that's kind of the direction that the Magic are heading, uh, this trade deadline. It wouldn't surprise me if they're quiet. And I would think that... Orlando is going to instead wait for the summer to make their moves. But like I said, I do see some frameworks for a deal, and so we'll get into those as I dig into your fake trade responses. Fake trades. So let me just catch up on the comments real fast. I'm sorry the comments are not loading for me particularly fast, so I will try and get to them here. Um, Mark Ng, thank you for the pronunciation, Mark. Uh, writes: Izonia and Birch have obviously play, been playing well of late. In a couple weeks, maybe less, Ross, Isaac, and Vooch will be back from injury. Where do you think players like Izonia and Birch fit into the lineup? Do you think unloading players like Ross and Vooch is worth it, considering we're not expecting much uh, except expect and for till two or three years from now? Uh, Mark, a thanks for the pronunciation. Uh, it's definitely going to be a, a huge challenge for for Frank Vogel. Uh, I suspect once the trade deadline passes, the desire to play veterans will decrease uh, pretty substantially. So I would suspect that Birch will play over Maurice Spates once the trade deadline passes. Um, Vogel's done an interesting thing with his rotations where he's been able to play three centers. So I think he'll kind of do that same thing when Vucevic returns, play Vucevic, Biombo, and Birch, kind of in that three-man rotation that he's been using with, with Spates Uh, As of now, Um, obviously, I think Vucevic is really important to the team. I think that the Magic want to showcase Vucevic and Terrence Ross a little bit when they're healthy. Um, The latest news on Nikola Vucevic and Jonathan Isaac is they're both back in practice doing full contact drills. Um, They're not expected back until the All-Star break. So still another week or two before they're back. Um, But they are getting close to coming back, and that's going to leave a little rotation jam for, for Frank Vogel. Um, I, I would suspect that Mario Azogna won't get pushed out, that they'll find a way to keep his, keep his minutes up and keep him playing. Um, obviously, right now, there's more impetus to do so because of the trade deadline coming up. Um, but I, I think the Magic want to see some of these young guys play and want to see these, these players develop. There's no reason to play Aaron Aflalo. There's no reason to play Marie Spates. Got to get Wessel Wundu in there. You know, there'll probably be some selective resting for some of these veteran players. I don't suspect Vucevic will play every game once he's back. I don't suspect Biombo will play every game when he gets when when Vucevic comes back, but I suspect Ken Birch will. I suspect that Wesolundu will. I suspect that Jonathan Isaac will once he's healthy. Um, the Magic need all of these guys to need all of these guys to develop because they are more part of the future of the team than anything else. Vogel's still going to go after wins. That's still part of his DNA. That's still part of what he wants to do. So uh, I would suspect that that will continue to happen. For the Magic, I suspect that Orlando will continue to uh, try and make make try and uh, make, get their veterans playing and, and, and get them uh, playing at a high level. Um, uh, Kevin KG says we need to keep own Too much potential to let go. Kevin, unfortunately, that decision has essentially been made already. Um, the Magic have really decided to move on from Mario Um They made that decision at the beginning of the year when they declined his team option. Ultimately, the decision rests with Hazonia. Now, if own wants to stay with the Magic, Orlando can, o- can offer him what they can offer him. And if Orlando wants to keep him, they will make that offer. If Hazonia is dead set on leaving and finding a new situation, which, frankly, I can't blame him for, he's going to do that, and he has that power and that ability to do that. Orlando made the decision with Mario Azonia at the beginning of the season. And so they will have to live now with that decision. Why aren't my comments on This is really frustrating. Um, Sorry, my comments are not loading and I'm not happy about it. Um, We're going to dive into fake trades in just a moment, but I did get one that I do think has a little bit of a, a little bit of, let me run through these comments real fast, sorry. Um, Jay Power asked me, what would you do before the deadline? Um, Jay, uh, I think that, um, I think that really what, the magic should do is make sure the focus is on on themselves. Um, make sure that the focus is on getting players that fit what they want to do. Um, it, it, it's it's more it, it's it's more important to me to find the right fit for players than to trade players just to trade them. Yes, the magic need to flip over the score. Yes, the magic need to find a way to kind of mix things up and change who they are and, and, and reshuffle the deck a little bit. And so, yes, um, that is that is something that the Magic have to do. But I don't think there's urgency to do it quite yet. I think the urgency comes in the summer. I don't think they can run back the same roster and expect different results. Obviously, they've got to free up space for whoever they draft. Um, I think it's important that whoever they draft plays and plays a lot. Uh, and so Orlando will have to uh, kind of move in that direction very, very shortly. Um, I think that that's definitely a, a direction the team needs to head. Um, to, let's see here. Uh, we'll get into fake trades in a moment. Um, got some draft questions. I'll answer them. Christian Ryan Sitchon asks, Aiton Young or Bagley? Um, you know, Kent Cross asks, can we talk about Trey Young? Um, I am... I'm not in draft mode quite yet. I've watched a couple. Of, I've watched the players, the main players, a few times. Um, Trey Young's really impressive. I really like him. Um, I don't take this as me trashing him or saying he's not good. I have him third on my board right now. Um, I think DeAndre Ayton is the best NBA prospect among the college stars. Um, I am really impressed every time I watch Ayton play. Um, I don't know if you watched last night, but there, there's always there's been these questions about his defense. And Aiden made a huge block last night. Um, it actually led to the game-winning basket, but Aiden made the initial defensive play, and I, and I think there are still some instinct questions with DeAndre Aiden and the defensive end, but I think that overall, I, I really like what Aiden brings to the table. Um, I have him as my top college guy right now. Um, I think that he is probably the... To me, he's the best college player out there. Luka Doncic is still number one on my board. If the Magic are drafting number one, I think I end up taking Doncic. Um, you know, I, I, there are definitely some questions about him, but there's questions about everyone in this draft. So um, I, I, I don't think Bagley fits what the Magic want to do. Um, unlike Aiden, I think Bagley does not have the defensive potential that Aiden does. Um, it's about learning defense. It's about committing to defense, and that's something that kids just don't learn in today's NBA, in today's college game anymore. Um, and so. Um, and so that's definitely uh, something that the Magic are, are struggling with. Um, got a couple more questions about Aaron Gordon. Wilson reyes Navarrez asked, do you think AG is worth a max contract? The answer is, that's what the Magic are going to have to pay to keep him. Um, I'm not giving him a max contract straight out of the gate, but if he gets a max offer sheet, I am matching him. That's, that's that's the answer, really. That's, that's the simple answer. That um, if, it, if push came to shove, that's what the Magic are going to have to do to keep them. That's what the Magic will have to do to keep them. So I think that that is uh, the direction that the Magic are going to head there. So let's dive now into fake trades. I've been collecting trades from you guys over the last couple of weeks as people send me trades. Um, I, I wanted to, to, to keep them and, and kind of talk about them. Definitely some interesting trades out there and definitely some frameworks for deals that I see as very, very real and very possible. Um, the first one I want to talk about came in the comments today from Jasmine Hawkins. She, tw- she asks or she proposes, Evan Fournier for Rodney Hood and Joe Johnson. To me, this, it, to me there is definitely a framework with the jazz. Um, the jazz are not a team that's going to get a lot of free agents, so I think that they're willing to take on some long-term salary, especially if it means helping them make the playoffs this year. I think that they have an offense that really fits what Evan Fournier likes to do. Obviously, Rudy Gobert and Evan Fournier are really good friends. They've got Donovan Mitchell, who's, who, who can, who's kind of a Victor Oladipo-ish uh, you know, crux to the lineup, and I think Evan Fournier plays really well off of those players. Um, I, I think that it would be a really good fit for Evan Fournier, and, and I think Utah, if they, they acquired Fournier, would feel like they have a long-term solution, that, that, that they can be competitive with that kind of a team. Um, they believe in their culture, they believe in their players, and I think that that will send them down the right direction. So I think there is a framework with the Jazz, and I do think Rodney Hood is somewhat part of that framework. Rodney Hood is a a much longer version of Evan Fournier, a better defender, can shoot the ball a little bit, has a history of injury problems if you haven't been following him too much. But having said all that, my concern with, and Joe Johnson I think essentially the Magic would buy out, let him walk, go sign with a championship team. I, I think that that's, that's that's what that comes down to. So essentially, this is really for Rodney Hood. But when it comes to Rodney Hood, what concerns me most is that he is entering restricted free agency too. And the Magic already don't have a lot of cap room and, and, and they'd have his bird right so they can go over the cap. But the question that I ask whenever the Magic are about to acquire a free agent like this is, are the Magic ready to commit to this player? And... How much are the Magic willing to commit? How much is Rodney Hood worth? And I haven't really thought too deeply about this question because, uh, you know, again, I I see a framework there, but I don't know if it's going to actually happen. I don't think the Magic are looking to acquire more long-term salary. And essentially, if you acquire Rodney Hood or a player like Rodney Hood, you are acquiring long-term salary. You are bringing in a player who obviously will need to get paid this summer. And so that's another long-term contract. You're you're sending out Evan Fournier to be free of his long-term deal to bring in another player that you're going to sign to another long-term deal. Maybe not as much, so you do cut a little salary. But again, you're going to be committing three, four years to a player that you don't really know a whole lot about. And to me, if, if I'm Jeff Weltman, if I'm John Hammond, Unless I really believe in Rodney Hood, unless I am certain of what his value is, unless I was willing to spend my, what was it, $13 million of cap room on Rodney Hood this summer, unless he was part of my plan already, I don't think that's the deal the Magic should pursue. I hope that makes sense. I, I, from a strict basketball sense, that deal makes a lot of sense to me. I like Rodney Hood, I think he's a good player. You know, he's, uh, he's obviously had the potential for big games. I think he'd be a great replacement for Evan Fournier. I think he fits the team's vision a little bit clearer. But at the same time, I'm not ready to commit long-term to that player. Essentially, if you bring in Rodney Hood, you are committed to a lineup that features Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Rodney Hood. Those, those are your two, three, and four for the next four years. Are you ready to commit to that? That's the question you have to ask more than anything else. And as much as I like Rodney Hood, I think the Magic should go for a little bit more flexibility. But having said that, it would not surprise me if that is a deal that happens at the trade deadline. It would not surprise me if that is the basic framework for a trade, this deadline. Rodney Hood for Evan Forney, essentially, is is the deal. And I think there are a few other places where we can see a framework like that happening. Let's take a look at some other fake trades that I've received over the past couple weeks. There have been a lot of complicated ones. I don't like dealing with three-team deals um, because they're really, really complicated. They don't happen uh, very often. But a deal that keeps popping up And this was done in the wake of the DeMarcus Cousins uh, injury. But a deal that popped up uh, Kia at at Kia underscore NUFC proposed the Magic trade Nikola Vucevic to the Pelicans, Evan Fournier, Mario Azoni, and Alfred Payton to the Pistons, and then then the Magic acquired Reggie Jackson and Avery Bradley. New Orleans would send a first-round pick to Orlando. Uh, there, There are a lot of moving pieces here, but and Avery Bradley obviously was traded. This was done before the Blake Griffin deal, so Avery Bradley's obviously with the Clippers now. There has been several frameworks with the Detroit Pistons, and I don't think it's impossible to say that the Magic and Pistons wouldn't make a deal. Reggie Jackson's been a popular guy. He's got three years, $16 million, and so if the Magic are going to trade Reggie Jackson, they would need to trade out Vismack Biombo or Evan Fournier. I don't think there's getting any way getting around that the Magic want to cut salary. They want to get less money in this deal. So maybe there's a framework there if you trade Reggie Jackson, or you acquire Reggie Jackson for Evan Fournier and say Alfred Payton, and then maybe get Stanley Johnson in return. To me, there's a greater framework to acquire. There, there is definitely a framework to acquire Reggie Jackson. And I would say Stanley Johnson rather than Luke Kennard. I think really that's the direction the Magic want to go if they were to talk with Detroit. So, I think that to me, A, I'm not a Reggie Jackson fan. I think Reggie Jackson is a little bit more consistent offensively than than Alfred Payton and certainly a better defender. But honestly, at that price, I'd rather just be with, stick with Alfred Payton. Like I think you can do better. I, I'm, just, I'm just personally not a Reggie Jackson fan. Stanley Johnson, though, is the kind of player the Magic might want to go after. A, a guy on a rookie contract maybe needs to change his scenery, needs, a fresh, needs some fresh eyes on him, an opportunity to play a little bit more consistently, less pressure maybe. I think that that would definitely be a situation that would work well for him. The Pistons need point guard help. With Reggie Jackson out right now, and Reggie Jackson is hurt, and he's had a history of injury too, which is another reason I don't think the magic should go after him. But right now they're starting Ish Smith, they're playing Reggie uh, not Reggie Bullock, they're playing Dwight Bikes as as their backup point guard. They could use Alfred Payton, even if it's just for this year, even if it's just a rental, they could use Alfred Payton coming off the bench or starting while Reggie Jackson's hurt. And so I think that there is a framework there. The Magic have something the Pistons want, and there are players on the Pistons that I think the Magic would want. However, I don't think Reggie Jackson is that guy. I don't think Reggie Jackson is the kind of player the Magic would want. I don't think he fits quite what they want to do. Although he's a big point guard, better defender than Peyton, I I am just personally not sold on Jackson. Um, I think that there there are... You do a little research on him. There there are definitely some problems there. Uh, So... I. I think there is a framework. I think there's definitely a framework with Detroit. I think there's definitely a framework with Utah to build a trade there. So I think that that part is interesting. Like I said, um, I've gotten a few few ideas uh, with uh, that 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 consider um, bringing in restricted free agents. Uh, you know, uh, at the Kent Cross. Ask Nate Duncan and Kevin Pelton on the dunked-on mock trade deadline pod, constructed trade involving the Magic sending Mario and a distant second-rounder to the Lakers for Julius Randle. Again, the question, uh, besides questions of fit, because Julius Randle, and I, I, am, I am I I like Julius Randle, um, I think he hasn't gotten a fair shake in L.A., but I don't view him as a center. He is a traditional power forward, and the Magic obviously are set at power forward, at both power forward positions right now, with Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. If Randle's willing to come off the bench for the Magic, be the backup power forward, you know. Be kind of that spot guy to, to mix things up. Maybe play, you know. Maybe you can get away with him playing backup center. I think he fits okay with Ken with Ken Birch. I don't think he fits in well with Aaron Gordon unless you're playing super small lineups. And if you're gonna play super small lineup, you want to play Gordon and Isaac together at the power forward in the center. So as much as I like Randall, I don't like that idea of acquiring him. And again, it brings up the question of restricted free agency. Um, you know. Tavon Laster said about my discussion about the Jazz deal, it's not about hood. It's about getting the Fournier contract out of there. That's where I disagree. Because if you acquire a hood, you're acquiring his restricted free agency rights. And it is about, again, this is all about setting up your future. I don't think the Magic are in any hurry to make a deal unless it helps them in the long term. That's what John Hammond said. It's about setting up your long-term future. And so if you acquire a player like a Rodney Hood or Julius Randle on an expiring contract, on as they enter restricted free agency, A, your cap gets tied up because your, your, your cap hold for restricted free agents is much higher because you've got to deal with them first, and B, you've got to pay them. And so, yeah, you might end up paying Rodney Hood less than the $17 million a year that Evan Fournier is getting, but, but, you know, and I, I maybe die on this hill a little too much, but Evan Fournier to me is worth $17 million a year. I don't think Evan Fournier's contract is necessarily bad. That's the, a big reason why he has continued to gain interest around the league. Because he is a productive player. Maybe a slight overpay, but it's not like he's so grossly overpaid. He will produce his number. And so I don't think the Magic are in any hurry to trade him. I don't think the Magic are really in any hurry to trade anyone. If they lose Alfred Payton, if they don't trade Alfred Payton, there's indications that they're willing to sign him to a reasonable deal if he's willing to come off the bench. I don't think that'll be the case, but if the Magic let him walk, so what? They let him walk. To me, there's no urgency to trade any of these players. Nikola Vucevic, Terrence Ross will have one year left on their deal. They'll become more valuable to trade in the summer than they will now. Evan Fournier has... I think what 3 years left on his deal. I think the Magic need to trade him probably need to trade him and move on from him just to flip the roster over him because he'll net them some value. But that doesn't mean they have to trade him now. They can wait. There's no point in not getting a deal that you like for Evan Fournier. Because Evan Fournier is still a very productive player. He's the second leading scorer on the team, he's averaging what 16 points per game, 17 points per game. That's plenty for his production, for his first salary. And so I don't think there is a huge rush to trade him. I don't think that there is a huge rush to make a deal. So, to me, again, I've said this several times whenever I've talked about the trade deadline, it's about what the Magic bring in, not what the Magic send out. Because, there's obviously interest in their players. It may not be as much as we think it is, it may may not net exactly what we want. But, the Magic need to focus on bringing in the players that will help them develop their future, that will help them develop long term, and if they do that, they will have, they, you know, they will make good deals or they will make deals that benefit them, and I think that's what's most important for the team. I think that that is the direction that the Magic need to head at this trade deadline. Another interesting trade uh, that I saw in my comments here, I don't know where it went. Here it is. Mikey Clark uh, proposes a deal like Alfred Payton for Emmanuel a two players who might need a change of scenery, and Denver desperately needs a backup point guard. That is definitely the kind of deal I think the Magic would do. Um, it would leave them a huge hole of point guard, because I, I, I don't know if Emmanuel Moody is quite ready to start. Emmanuel Moody also has so, several of the same issues that Alfred Payton has with his jump shooting and his defense. Um, but... It buys you a little bit of time. You get something for Alfred Payton. I imagine you can also maybe get a second-round pick or another prospect that that Denver has, maybe Malik Beasley or something like that. Um, that is there Again, I think that's a framework. Alfred Payton for Emmanuel Mubier is a framework for a deal that works. And so I think that the Magic could definitely go in that direction. Um, I, I don't think it'd be a great deal. I don't think it would be a bad deal. Um, because I do think that Moody can provide some value and, and can be a decent player for the Magic. Um, you know, I, I don't think he fills the point guard need. I think Orlando would need to find a starting point guard. But I think it gets them moving in the right direction, and I think that's that's okay. And I think that's um, definitely an all right thing to say, an all right thing to do. Um, obviously, there are a lot of permutations. Um, as as I tend to say. You know, when stuff leaks to the media, that probably means it's dead. Um, That's why they're comfortable leaking it, um, or they're trying to revive it. Um, So I think that when it comes to the trade deadline, read everything that you read with a little bit of a grain of salt, uh, and remember that there are frameworks to these deals that we can clearly see. But getting to the finish line is very, very difficult. And as I've said before, I don't think the Magic are in any hurry to make a deal. I think Orlando is comfortable with the position they're in. They're looking for things that work for them in the future, um, and that means they're probably not feeling any urgency to make a deal. Maybe they, again, things will pick up in the last few days before the deadline. Deadline is Thursday, so lots, lots still to do before then. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook, or watching today's episode of the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live, as well as listening on Locked On Magic. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion about the trade deadline, learned a little bit more about where I think the Magic are going to go. You can always leave me a comment online at philipr-omd or at Daily. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You watch on Facebook Live, so you've clearly liked... Orlando Magic Daily on Facebook, but be sure to do that if you have not already at facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for watching. Thank you all again for listening. You can, of course, check me out every single day on the Locked On Magic podcast. You can follow that on iTunes, Stitcher, your tune in, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast and listening device as well as, again, on Twitter at Locked on Magic. I'll be back again Tuesday with another episode of Locked On Magic. We'll discuss the Magic's game against the Miami Heat, talk about the Magic's game against Cleveland Cavaliers, as well as other issues pertaining to the Orlando Magic on the podcast. I will see you all then on Tuesday. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rostenreich. Enjoy the Super Bowl today, tonight. I, everyone who's watching on Facebook Live, if you're listening on Locked on Magic, I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Um, and it'll be basketball season. Trade deadline is Thursday, so get excited. It is a, it is a fun time to be an NBA fan right now think. Always, always fun around this time of year. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank everyone again for watching on Facebook Live and again, listening on Locked on Magic. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosenreich. I will see you all again next time on another Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live and another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast